Uh, our program this morning is Martin Kelly, uh, Friends Journal, it's, and Quaker speak and talk about maybe the follow-on to uh, uh, John Watts, who uh, really, I think, created this and did such a really great bang-up job. And Martin's going to let us know the future of it and uh, anything else he wants to talk about. Great. <laughs> Welcome. Thank Thanks you. Certainly not your first time here. It's not my first time here. Um, I was thinking I, I could be nervous, except uh, I was trying to figure it out. 18 years ago, I sat here and uh, my wife and I married uh, right at this spot. So that, that was much, uh, there's more people there too. So um, that, that was much more nerve wracking than, than this would be. Great. Um, so welcome. Uh, thank you for uh, coming here. So. Um, again, I'm uh, on the Friends Journal side of uh, what's called Friends Publishing Corporation. It's the a body that oversees Friends Journal and now Quaker Speak. Uh, Quaker started uh, back in 2014. It was, um, and has had six seasons. Uh, as Mike said, uh, John Watts was the fellow who came to us with the idea of a video series interviewing Quakers and. Um, we thought it was a great idea from the start, and very excited to have it. Uh, as you see, here's the Quaker Speak website. I thought I'd do just a, a few stats, just to let you know how it's been doing all this time. Uh, there are over 200 videos on Quaker Speak um, on all sorts of topics. Um, I have up here the collections, um, so they're organized in different ways: collections for newcomers, etc. I can show you that. And as of last night, there were 2,916,806 views. Um, so that's just a lot of people uh, coming to the site. We hear all sorts of stories of people who say they stumbled on a video and then spent the rest of the evening just watching Quaker Speak videos over and over and over again. Uh, whenever we go online to places where potential Quakers might be, always start talking about Quaker Speak videos pretty quickly. So, you know, Reddit and Discord and Twitter and all the other kind of places uh, where people are gathering now. Um, oftentimes there'll be questions and someone will say, well, there's a Quaker Speak video for that, and they'll, they'll point to it. Um, so it's, it's just a, a very nice, uh, we also have times where um, one of us has gone to meeting and there's a newcomer and we'll start chatting afterwards, and, and yes, they saw the Quaker Speak video before coming to, to meeting that day. So um, it's, it's, it's very nice that it's been uh, doing so well out there uh, in the world and really bringing in new people. Um, and at the end, I will uh, have a little piece from our new Quaker Speak video person, uh, Rebecca Hamilton Levi, um, who uh, has taken over from Watts. So it is continuing um, on and on. So. Why is something like Quaker helpful? Um, and just, I want to give just a few examples. Um, so I, I travel around to a lot of different meetings, and one of the things I sometimes do is just sort of imagine I'm a new person who has never been to a Quaker meeting, who's just sort of sat in there and um, am experiencing what there is. Um, and I remember a few years ago I came to a, a meeting um, I won't name, but it was, it was a regular meeting, a nice meeting. 
And there was, I think, three ministries that were given that day, and they were all wonderful. They were all sort of part of the, the Quaker continuum. Um, one woman talked about some Buddhist leading, uh, teaching she had just uh, had and was sharing with us, and that was really great. Someone else was talking about current events, um, and there was something in the world that had just happened, and, and they were sharing about that, and that was great. I think there was another, and I can't remember what it was, but as I stood up, I realized there was nothing like that talked about, well, what is a Quaker belief, and how do Quakers hold all of these different kind of ministries that we have? Um, those of us who have been coming to Quaker meeting for a long time understand how all these different things can be part of what feeds us as friends. But there was no sort of teaching moment exactly that focused exactly on Quakers. And that's uh, part of the joys, but also part of the difficulties of, of sharing Quakerism in the world, that oftentimes um, our, our meetings won't be um, the places where people can really learn, well, what do Quakers exactly believe? Uh, another experience that I had, I went for a while to a midweek worship um, at a meeting um, that attracted a lot of sort of newcomers uh, who didn't go to the regular Sunday worship. And we would often come in in the evening, have the worship, and then they would leave. And sometimes there wasn't any vocal ministry. And um, there was no fellowship afterwards. And I would sort of run after people, you know, why are you here? And they well, it's a nice place for silence in a busy week. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's, that's great. But, um, but again, so um, a, a midweek worship where there was sort of people come in, come out, and there was no kind of religious education there. There was no way that they could find out, well, what is Quakers beyond this hour of silence? I think I might have been half an hour of silence. So um, this is a sort of a concern for, for us, that we can have people coming in and then not necessarily getting some more. So um, one thing that a lot of meetings have been doing is using Quaker speak in this fashion. And uh, Mike was sharing with me that uh, Woodstown does do this. I thought I would share an article from French Journal here. Um, so French Journal, the, the magazine, we did a, an issue on Quaker speak for its anniversary. And one of the articles here um, is by Krista Bernard of San Francisco Meeting. And she talks about how that meeting uses Quaker speak. I thought I'd just sort of share a paragraph here of what she did. Um, In the fall of 2017, we realized that our midweek meeting for worship needed better support, particularly because some people attended worship only on Wednesday evenings and never participated in worship or other activities on Sundays. Uh, that November, Bob and Kathy Runyon, the co-directors of the Ben Lomond Quaker Center, came to San Francisco meeting to lead Radical Quakerism from Roots to Fruits. At the close of worship, they asked each participant to make a six-week commitment to an action to deepen the meeting's spiritual life. And I committed to hosting something after each midweek meeting for worship. And um, she got very involved here. Um, and um, this is a good resource, if you haven't seen it, um, of what she did and what their meeting did. And they put together actual flyers. And I think we actually even included links to the flyers um, in here um, with Quaker Speak videos. And they would come and share a Quaker Speak video and then discuss it. I thought 
maybe we could do that right now. So, oh, we have a question though first. Is this something that we could sign up for and get that? Or is that what was in your uh, French journal? I mean, I read the one in French journal. Mm -hmm. Well, this article is in French journal. That was the one in French journal. That was the one in French journal. Um, and of course, you can sign up for Quaker Speak to get emails when new ones come out. So there's lots of ways. Or if you're on YouTube a lot, you can subscribe on YouTube and you'll get notifications. Do you happen to recall which issue that was? When did that um, issue of Friends Journal come out? Um, August 2019. Mm -hmm. And it was a whole article on Quaker Speak. And there was also a listing of some of the more popular Quaker Speaks. And we actually went through and had sort of ourselves decided um, what were some of the more interesting videos of each season. And we shared that along with the comments that were there, because the comment section can be um, actually quite interesting. Um, unlike some comment sections, I mean, some of the comments, of course, are, are not as interesting, but um, some very good and thoughtful conversation has happened around these videos. So I thought we'd share one of the videos here that uh, Krista talked about, actually. Um, how Quakers support ministry, and that maybe we would do an example right here where we break up into small groups and just discuss it for a few minutes, and you can sort of see how that uh, could work. Um, has anyone seen this video or shared it in a meeting? Mm -hmm. We have one hand. All right. All right. I tried to go with one of the ones that maybe people haven't seen. The expression, it takes a village to raise a child, can be applied to many endeavors. Rarely does one person actually go out by his or herself and change the world. Positive changes in the world happen because communities work together to do good. Quakerism has uh, uh, ambitions about um, everyone being a minister. Uh, and that's an, another way of saying that that I like a lot is that there's no laity here. We're all called to ministry. That's true. It's kind of the, the, full, the full embodiment of the priesthood of all believers. And at times, we think God calls some of us more than others, to greater service. It's a movement of love. It's a realization that we couldn't all lift up and go and live lives um, either in traveling ministry or in site-based ministry, whatever it is. It just it wouldn't necessarily kind of be viable. We might not be able to pay rent or you know do things like this. So that, yes, base level, all called to ministry, and at some time, some are called to a greater ministry for a season. Uh, and, and within the context of the old Quaker concept of what ministry was all about, you know, it's, it's um, the old idea was that a, a recorded minister had, had the responsibility to speak to the wider world, you know, to not just be confined to the meeting, but to and speak truth to power. We have these beautiful examples of 
friends who have traveled outside of this community in order to share their gifts with others and yet have been grounded in this community while doing so. As Tom Gates says in his Pendle Hill pamphlet on, on uh, membership, you know, that, that it's the responsibility of the meeting to, to bring people to an expectation that they, that they will have leadings. It enriches the life of the meeting, obviously, to have, you know, uh, a, a good array of voices uh, speaking the truth as it has come through them. The experience of friends for hundreds of years has been that a system of support from one's religious community is incredibly useful as a check and balance on doing God's work. For me in particular, I have had a hard time discerning voices in me. What is the message? What is not the message? I've always felt uh, a sense of um, affirmation by uh, the fact that I was recorded. Um, and, 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 and I, as I say, I've worked with, with most of the uh, pastoral program meetings in New England from Massachusetts, mostly in Maine, um, and um, there's been an appreciation of that. It, it's an access into, say, the wider community. So it, it may not be, in, in, in other denominations, maybe I'm being unfair, but in other denominations you have a seminary, you have a particular course of preparation, you have a, a missionary experience. That, and we have less of that, but most of all we have the possibility of supporting individuals break out in freedom in a particular direction for their gifts, for their calling. My oversight committee has supported me, and this is actually, it's within the last three years, that I've had some heavy-duty struggles with the adversary. A scripture came to me probably two years ago when I was in one of these places, and... Um, Cast all your anxieties on God because he cares for you. Your adversary, like a roaring lion, is prowling around looking for someone to devour. Resist, steadfast in faith. And my oversight committee will repeat that to me. Resist, steadfast in faith. And you are steadfast. The meetings main resource for supporting a specific ministry is human resources. Uh, establishing a support community of individuals who meet regularly with the friend who has a leading. And so that comes with a process uh, that is also rooted in the uh, yearly meeting structures, and therefore it has given the monthly meeting an opportunity to say, oh, how do we do that? So Fresh Pond Meeting uh, often has discerned travel minutes for various members who have had a leading to travel among friends. They may be called to do specific work 
work for peace or to bring a specific message or to give a plenary talk or a workshop. Others may be called to just visit in gospel love among friends. And the travel minute itself shows that the meeting feels that this is a leading and the work not just of that friend, but the work of the meeting. So at Fresh Pond Meeting, I have a support committee, which has been named by the meeting, sort of a working group of the meeting. And those three friends meet with me about once a month for worship and listening to where the Spirit might be leading me. One of the things that a clearness committee or a ministry support committee helps you to do is to um, help you, help you to say no to certain things for the sake of being more faithful to the things that are, that are yours. I have had an oversight committee since 2000. And um, it has changed in membership, um, but there are two people who've been on it for a very long time. I, my ministry just has grown exponentially with that oversight committee. Sometimes are more logistics, and sometimes are more long-term, and it's comforting and helpful to hear other voices tell me what I'm saying without my opinions in the way. It, it, it is very enabling. It's a, something that even allows me to take some risks uh, uh, because I know that they sat me down, they asked me questions, they heard me, they have a sense of where I'm coming from, what my gifts are, and they have a sense of where I might walk more faithfully than not. Alrighty, so um, at the end of every Quaker speak, on the page here, um, there are transcripts and discussion questions um, and resources here as well for uh, follow-up if folks want to do that. So I thought we'd actually just break into groups of maybe four people. Um, if there's people you don't normally hang out with, you can hang out with them or maybe you all know each other already uh, being part of a quarterly meeting. Has uh, Friends Journal seen an increase in uh, subscribers as a result of uh, Quaker speaking? Well, our whole email list, it's sort of part of uh, the whole, you know, we have more people on our email list, we have people who are supporting Quaker speak directly. Um, it all comes back to, to Friends Journal, yes, I mean, as, as an organization. Um, no, I understand that, but I'm asking whether the subscribers increase as one driven the other. I don't think we have any way of actually measuring that exactly, but we do know that there's quite a bit of people who go to Quaker Speak and then visit Friends Journal. And so we know that some amount of them will be the new subscribers that we're getting. Um, so it, it all supports that. Um, and as Friends Journal too, much of our magazine now is available online without a paywall, free for people. That's kind of, you know, this is a ministry we want out in the world. 
So uh, a lot of the support we get is from donations now, uh, a larger support than perhaps in the past, um, as friends realize that this is something we want to put out there in the world. So um, anytime people come to any of the Friends Publishing websites, it's good um, to the whole organization. Um, and also we get lots of emails, addresses from, from people when they come to these sites. Uh, we can then share French Journal articles and, and more Quaker speak articles. So visitors are great, <laughs> even if not directly measurable. Um, so if we can get into small groups, and I'll read out the discussion questions here that we have. Um, and you can see how one of these can be used in a meeting. So the first one is a two-part question. Have you ever had or served on a support oversight committee, and what was it like? And the second question, how does your meeting support members who experience leadings into greater ministry? So those are your two questions. Um, just spend uh, four or five minutes uh, with, with some neighbors there, and uh, we can then come back together and report back anything you've talked about. All right, friends, if we could. <laughs> Time's up. Um, it, it's perhaps very like me to try and get everyone to talk about ministry. So that, that's great. I'm very glad. Um, and we can bring it back to Quaker Speak. But I'd like to hear if there's any sort of thoughts that anyone want to share um, about the discussion we had here and, and supporting ministry. We were just discussing uh, a lot of uh, what uh, overseer committees can do are, is provide support. Um, if someone has a leading, you don't want to suppress what their drive is, what their desires are, what they want to do, you want to support it. So we went into a little of that. And also about having a sounding board to test the moral direction and order some of the thorny issues that could potentially come up, to just get feedback that you can't see with your own eyes. I'm thinking of, of one uh, thing that could happen to me, not from someone who is a, an official uh, uh, elder or, or advisor or something like that, but I was saying how, how busy I and distracted I was by so many things I was trying to do. And she simply asked the question, are these things that you're called to do? Oh. <laughs> and so that led to a process of discarding those things that, that were none of my business and I shouldn't be doing, you know, I was not called to this thing. And when you stick with what you're calling, it's like it's a whole lot simpler. Great. Well, thank you, friends. Um, and I know some of you have probably done things like this before, but this is a way that um, Quaker Speak videos can be used um, in the meeting house. This is something that um, you could do maybe even perhaps after every meeting, um, every uh, worship, or perhaps once a month. 
You could be posting it on Facebook. This is our week to talk about Quaker Speak videos. These are the ones we're going to have. You know, just bring in new people. Um, if you have signed boards, you know, post it on there. Do, do whatever you have to do to um, get word out. And you can be getting new people in who may be interested to know what the Quakers are believing about a certain topic. Some of these are for real basic uh, intros to Quakers. Um, I think I had the collections there. Um, but some are about specific things. So these are all not just videos, but collections of videos. So uh, Quaker beliefs and theology, Quaker activism, there's the Quaker practice, Quaker history. Um, any of these could be uh, a topic that you just delve in for a few months and invite people uh, into the meeting um, to have these sort of discussions, discussions that are fine for if you are experienced friends and um, this is something that maybe you're meeting should be thinking about, talking about, um, as this video was, or just for someone new. Um, so it's a great kind of way of, of bringing in new people and sharing what we believe as friends. Um, we can just share a few of these. I mean, Quaker beliefs and theology, just to... Oh, that was not coming. Ah, there it is. Um, so a whole number of videos here um, on that. And I'll just read, what is a Quaker, nine core Quaker beliefs, which I believe someone said that they've been doing at times, showing in the meeting. Um, why Quakers don't take communion, very useful one for non-Quakers who might be visiting. Uh, what do Quakers believe? What are the most Quaker Bible verses? How do Quakers read the Bible? Quakers in the light, Quaker silence and equality even in depth. And if you see at the bottom here, this is the first page of seven pages. So there are seven pages of nine each. So there's a lot of videos. Uh, many of them are five to eight minutes long. It's kind of the average. Some of them are longer. Some are just one individual that uh, we've interviewed. Um, so I think the nine core Quaker beliefs, that's Art Larrabee, who many of you know, um, he shared that it's one video, um, lots of discussion questions. That's a, a great one to share. And some of the videos are ensemble pieces, like the one we saw, where there's lots of different people. Um, and I always like the ensembles because everyone comes to it with a different energy. Um, so you, you saw in that one, we, we watched um, um, my friend Khaled was one of the people, and he's a theology student. He likes to talk like this. He's very sort of quick. And other people were much more kind of measured and quiet. And it's not like there's one way to be a Quaker, um, but these videos show that there are many ways and many different personalities um, to be Quakers. And I always love when there's someone who's energetic and rapid-paced and then followed by someone who's like so slow, you wonder if they're about to say a word. Um, but it's, it's the care that they take in finding each word. Um, and uh, there are also different, you know, ideas and theologies among friends. So um, when you have what is a Quaker and you have 10 or 12 people saying what they think it is to be a Quaker, you'll have 10 or 12 answers. Um, and that's uh, really precious to have that kind of a video where we don't have the one answer, but we have many answers of what it means to be a friend. <coughs> Martin, one of the things that I was asked to do uh, by Friends Village, they have a, a discussion group twice a month. And they asked me to come and do two presentations, one on Quaker history okay. and uh, one on what Quakers believe. 
They saw a lot of YouTube videos and, and it was, or Quaker Street videos, and it was uh, very interesting because it generated a lot of questions, and uh, but it also answered a lot of things for people who were wondering what. And so we encouraged them to, if you want to know more, here's the whole, the whole gamut of that. So that worked out really, really well. It was a big crowd. It was, the auditorium over there was full. That was interesting. The, yeah, how do you start with that? Well, you, I started with the Quaker Street video. Max mm -hmm. Carter, and, you know, all that sort of thing. That's great. Sure. Um, well, that's great. That's great. And then get these people then, you know, what do you do with this next? Well, the meeting house is right down the road, and um, I'm sure there's some sort of buses and things that can be arranged to, to bring, bring folks there. Um, right, so if Quaker retirement communities or Quaker schools or any kind of place where People might be interested to know this. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, is a great way of using these videos. And um, the other piece, um, which just segues right well into, is what do we do then once we've shown these videos? And we have to make sure that our meetings are ready um, for newcomers. Um, and these are the kind of normal things that we have. You know, if there is a friend's home nearby and um, they need to get there, figuring out transportation is important. Um, you know, I have four kids, so for me, um, whether I come back to a meeting often depends on whether they're childcare or whether they have first day school. That's important, uh, as always. Um, that there is some sort of adult religious education, of course, is important for newcomers, you know, as they come in. Quaker speak can be part of that religious education, but to make sure that our meetings are ready uh, for those. <coughs> now I have a cough, sorry about that. Um, and then, um, again, special events to bring in newcomers. So someone who may have come to the meeting once, they're kind of interested, but how do we get them in a second time? So someone walks in the meeting house, get their email address or find them on Facebook, and have them share your Facebook page and like your Facebook page and become part of that so that when you have events, they will know about them. Um, so even if it's just once a month, first Sunday of the month, you have a Quaker Speak video and you post it as a, a Facebook event and you put up posters uh, in local spots where friends might be and you send out an email to everyone who's visited in the past six months. Um, just these kind of basic things are just very useful. Um, and don't take a lot of time and are, can be very effective. Um, email, still, when we send out emails that there's a new Quaker speak, there's a flush of people who come to it. We send out emails um, every week with a featured French Journal article. There's a big peak. You can look at, our, at the French Journal website and there's a peak. We're posting you know, to Facebook, to Twitter, people are getting the magazine, but it's those emails that really get people to, to look at it. So even primitive old-fashioned technologies are wonderful. So um, I encourage you to look at your visitor's book, and if you have a spot where people put their email addresses, just send them an email. You know, once a month, we're still here. Thanks for visiting. We have this event coming up next Sunday. We're going to talk about this Quaker Speak video and have discussion afterwards. Um, just a, a real great way to um, keep you in the hearts and minds of people who have already expressed interest by actually coming and, and worshiping with you. So I, th I think there's a lot of opportunities that way. Or members who haven't come in a while to know that there's something special to come to.
Oh, Lois? <laughs> Do you have anything on any of those Quaker speak that are pertain to showing for children? Um, I think we have um, Quaker religious education has been some of them. I don't know if there's any specifically for children. Well, that's what I think should be next. That should be next. All right. Very good. Well, we'll put that into the uh, suggestion box. Uh, that, that would be a good idea. Yeah, that'd be great. Would, would you say all of them are child-like friendly? Oh, I think they're all child-friendly, um, and they're fairly short, um, which is useful. Um, some of the terms may be a little bit uh, much for younger children, um, but I think it would all work. There's no cuss words or anything like that, so that's, that's fine. And, uh, I wouldn't see any anyway. That wouldn't be, well, every once in a while. Um, we've got a few in, in the magazine every once in a while. But, um, and I won't share them right now, so the, this video will be PG. Uh, but, um, but because they are shorter, I think that they can, can hold an attention span, even if um, the kids are only sort of half understanding what's going on. So that, that would be good. But it would be good to have someone that are specifically for, for children. Would that be useful? Do you have like times when you have children in a meeting and that would be useful to share some of those? Well, I often school? am looking for something for young children. Mm -hmm. the, uh, Elementary, well, younger elementary, but the older ones would definitely be able to fit in with the adult ones, but I'm looking at younger children. Younger children, okay, great. That's a very good suggestion. Uh, there are also um, other suggestions. I, I heard recently about um, a yearly meeting that I, I think this is once a month. Um, we'll have someone in a central location giving a presentation and they share it online in real time using, I think, Zoom or one of those kind of services. Um, and then it's, it's, they watch it in other meetings in that yearly meeting, maybe five, 10 other year, uh, meetings are watching that in, in real time. And then um, answering questions maybe electronically there um, through that Zoom conference. And then breaking up into the small groups of their meetings, of the people in the meetings to talk more about it. So that's something that could be done on a, a quarterly level or on the, you know, sort of the southern New Jersey folks level where you have someone giving a presentation. You know, this presentation could have been done, you know, via Zoom live um, and then shared in all the different meetings. So um, I know a lot of the Salem quarter meetings are, are on the smaller side. So this would be a kind of a way of having regular programming that you don't have to bring in a person to your specific meeting, but you could coordinate and have one person um, a month from one of the different meetings giving a presentation and then um, sharing it, uh, having something you can share with people in your community and then having a discussion afterwards. Um, so there's lots of sort of ways that we can sort of tap Quaker speak but also tap uh, what we're doing in our own meetings um, as a way of um, having a lot of content that can bring in new people um, without an overwhelming amount of work for a smaller meeting. Um, any more questions? I wonder if anybody else has used Quaker Speak videos in their meeting. 
We'd have to get a television. Yeah, we, have, we don't even have Wi-Fi at either of our meeting houses. <laughs> we have the capability. We haven't done it, but we have the capability. Do you have Wi-Fi here, Mike? Or? Uh, I have a hotspot running on my phone. No, we don't have yeah. Wi-Fi. We it. could all do that. So we just use, yeah, we use on our phones. someone's hotspot. We yeah, actually do have Wi-Fi uh, through Verizon at Blueberry. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. Maybe we can do a quarterly program, but topic for another conversation. <laughs> well, if you guys just plan ahead, you can actually download the video at home on your laptop. But I need Wi-Fi. That's true. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was thinking. That's what we do here. You know, someone's going to do a, a, a adult discussion group on Quaker Speak. They'll down. They'll they'll put the videos on whatever on computer they're going to use, and they don't need and they'll need a Wi-Fi connection. To <laughs> I always put about two videos in the bulletin every every month. So I can't that. hear what you said. Oh, I said I always put about two videos or so in the bulletin each month. So there's that too. So is that an email bulletin then, or something set out, right? I, that's good. I like that. <laughs> well, they're the ones who make them. So. <laughs> so so yeah, and in that, and also just, um, I mean, I'm sure some of you have like uh, Quaker Speak like on the homepage. Or if you have like you know a tab on your meetings website, what do Quakers believe? Well, you can put in Quakers speak. What do Quakers believe? And it's an easy way of um, having very accessible content. And then underneath, you can you know share whatever your meeting believes. If there's anything s separate or more specific you want to have, um, but but yeah, email newsletters and websites, um, just sharing them on Facebook um, is a great way of um, sharing these and, and a pretty easy way of giving good content there to your audience. Yeah, we did that. We did what, a Quaker Speak video of the week. Jack did it on our website for uh, quite some time. We went through a number of them. Uh, I don't know how many people saw them. Uh, certain people that are on our website did. Okay. So, so Mike, when you do these for your um, adult first day school, yeah. um, how much time does it take? Like, you know, it takes up to five to eight minutes to see it, and then you spend, what, 10 minutes talking about it? Well, in the How case of, for example, uh, we did Art Larrabee's uh, you know, Nine Four Quaker Beliefs. Uh, that, took, that took an hour yeah. discussion. Okay. Yeah. Again, it came with discussion questions, but yeah. we also had a lot of discussion from it. We had a handout uh, uh, that people had to, with the questions on it, and what the beliefs were and had a great discussion. We've done it twice mm -hmm. uh, over over two two or three year period. We've done that video twice because it's a really really good one. Yeah, I, I think you could definitely do an hour um, adult religious ed around Quaker speak videos. Uh, some of them are longer. I think they top out at about twenty two minutes. Um, there was one ensemble piece that had like twenty four people and goes for twenty two minutes. Um, but it's, it's fast-paced, so it doesn't, it doesn't feel that very long. Um, so, yeah, you could do that, or you could show a few. Sometimes there are ones that go together very well. So uh, to show a few and then to do discussion questions, I think you could do a, an hour program with that fairly easily. And, yeah, if you have, you know, probably someone in your meeting knows how to do the hotspot, can hook up the TV. Um, so... Yeah, if you can do that, that's just a, a really great way of, of having these in your meeting house. Someone might know how to download 
Um, these are not complicated things, but I know not everyone knows how to do them, but if you can get someone you're meeting to set that up, it's, uh, it's great, and it's become much easier to have these kind of presentations. I thought I'd, oh, one more question. Quick question, is there any um, copyright issues with any of these? Obviously, we, normal, we don't charge money or anything for coming to these, um, but is there any sort of indo, uh, intellectual property over these types of things? Uh, we, these are to share, I mean, these are to view. So yes, whatever you want to do um, is fine. Um, if you want to, figure out how to download a YouTube video, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm sure um, as long as you're sharing it here, that's, that's wonderful. Um, we've gotten releases from everyone who's appeared in Quaker Speak. So uh, yes, it's, it's, it's fine to share. Uh, there are also, I should mention, uh, DVD collections of these. And we have a, a number of DVDs um, that have been produced. We are doing one a season um, right here. What do Quakers believe is a DVD of um, I think that one had six or seven or eight um, videos. So that's another thing. If you don't have the Wi-Fi in your meeting house, um, you can get the DVD player. And the others are different um, seasons, highlights from different seasons. So that's another way of just easily having the technology. And a question. What's the cost of the DVD? <coughs> actually running a special now. You can get all three seasons for $40. Ooh. I had a question. And this one, this one's $4. Uh, this one we have uh, tried to make fewer videos to put on it so it would be something you could almost give away um, to, to newcomers. So um, we do we try to make it accessible. Another question? Yeah, um, I'm curious for, uh, on YouTube you can see like uh, regions like from where people are watching. I'm curious if you know the demographics of the majority of people watching. Like age range, like where the locations are and things like that. Oh, I, I wish I had specific answers. Um, for most of our websites, um, US is a popular one, um, Canada, Britain, and um, really though throughout the world. Um, we do have um, visitors from all over. Um, one of the things that's been kind of a fun and a challenge for a French Journal, the magazine, you know, we started in Philadelphia. There used to be a time when French Journal was so Philadelphia-centric that there were ads for Strawbridge and Clothier on the back of it. Um, local department stores were, were having ads. Um, that's been a long time since it's been then. It's been sort of more national in recent decades. But at this point, our material's online. People are reading it all over. So if we say like, oh, Quakers believe this, and there's some Quaker in Kenya who doesn't believe that, they're going to email. Well, you know, not all Quakers do. Um, so it's, it's been a challenge to us to really you know, realize that we are accessible everywhere, and we have to be more representative of Quakers everywhere. Um, and Quaker Speak is like that too. Um, so it's it's viewed all over, um, but especially where where Quakers are. So um, U.S., Canada, Britain, Australia, uh, East Africa. Another. Maybe make this far less daunting if you've never used Quaker Speak. It doesn't have to be the center of your first day school. It could be like an exclamation one if you're talking about the spices. Maybe find a little seven-minute one that reinforces that. It doesn't have to be a whole day where you discuss it and answer questions. It might just be something icing on the cake. Maybe step into it that way. A tool. It's a great tool. Great.
And I thought I'd um, share one more. Um, so season seven has just launched um, this week. We have the sort of preview video. Um, and this is the uh, first one um, with our new Quaker Speak videographer, uh, Rebecca Hamilton Levi. It's not super, it's, it's more just the season preview, but I thought it'd be nice to just watch it. Welcome to Quaker Speak, a video series from Friends Journal featuring weekly interviews with Quakers from all different backgrounds. I think Quakers have always asked really big picture questions. Be I think it's because of that belief of that of God in every person. To me, the inner prompting of what would lead us to treat someone the way that we want to be treated is anchored in the word mercy, I would say. I couldn't believe that these people think God is actually going to speak to them. I'm down for this. Like this, this, this is where I belong. We release a new video every Thursday. The best way to keep up with our project is to subscribe at quakerspeak.com slash subscribe. Subscription is free. Just enter your email address. Please check the description below this video for the link. I'm Rebecca. I'm the new video producer for the Quaker Speak Project. We've been hard at work, and we're so excited about the videos that this year has in store. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Keep sharing. Yes, and all, all those videos are actually from... Oh. Oh, Mackenzie. <laughs> um, so, so yes, there, there's also a lot of funny ones there, too, if you want. That's weird Quaker tweets. Um, when people refer to Quakers online, um, she, she collected them, um, and they're, they're pretty hilarious. How much of that is oatmeal? Uh, there's oatmeal, there's Amish, there's all, all sorts of uh, great ones there. Um, so Quaker, uh, Quaker Speak Season 7 has just started um, every Thursday. For this season, there'll be a new video um, out there. Um, so the Quaker Speak continues, um, even uh, though its originator, John Watts, has gone off and is uh, adventuring in, in Patagonia right now, um, going over glaciers and things like that. Um, so, uh, but Quaker Speak continues, um, and it'll be a lot of new seasons of it. We're doing some pretty interesting things. We've got a grant um, to have Rebecca go to various uh, cities where there are isolated friends meetings and friends schools and do videos for those meetings and schools. Um, so places like, you know, probably the Bay Area, Twin Cities, Atlanta, places like this that aren't in the kind of central Quaker zones. Um, and while she's there, of course, she can do video interviews with all the friends in that area um, and increase the geographic diversity. So we're very excited about that. Uh, we also um, are relaunching all of our websites soon. So Friends Journal and Quaker Speak and also Quaker.org, uh, which we uh, now have. Um, and all of these are going to become much more sort of integrated with resources. And um, so look forward to that sometime this spring, fingers crossed, um, we'll have that. And uh, it's sort of an exciting time to be sharing uh, Quakers out there. Great. Thank you very much. Very good. Okay. Oh.
Yeah. We, we've uh, got a lot of people interested in it and, and uh, go and find this on your own. So. We'll have a, a short little break and then we'll start meaningful worship. 